But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself. Walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't, um, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. God, I pray that this morning we don't just hear what you have to say and leave unchanged. But we would hear it, we'd receive it, we let it sink deep into our hearts, and that we would leave and it would change the way that we live our lives. Um, so show us, like we're looking in a mirror, show us what we really look like. Reveal, search us, Spirit. We pray these things in your name. Amen? Amen. You guys grab a seat. All right. Um, hey, so this morning, this is, uh, this is our final sermon in Open Your Bible. Um, we are trying to create a new normal here. If someone were to tell you, oh, you know, I, I heard from God this morning as I was reading my Bible, what do you usually think? Whoa, they read their Bible this morning? That's crazy. And we often think of when people say they read the Bible, we think that's an exception. And so in Trinity, here in our high school group, we're trying to make it normal that we read our Bible every day. You are not a crazy person if you read your Bible every day. Um, maybe you're crazy for the Lord. You're a Jesus freak, which is definitely my email from 2004, Jesus freak, 2470. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it was an F. Um, so that, that's what the hope is. Um, Doug said this this morning in the service, and I really think it rings true for our series, too. We're not after perfection. We're after progress. We're after direction. So it's not that, wow, I'm the best Bible reader, and I read every single day, and look at me now. Um, the hope would be that you open your Bible more, and that you open it more and more every week, every month, every year, that you would fall in love with uh, the Bible. So today, you've all been waiting for it. We're talking about application. We're actually applying the Bible. The first uh, few weeks we were talking about comprehending. Because we need what we usually do, we sit in small groups, and we read a scripture, we read a Bible verse, and then what do people say? They say, I feel like it means this to me. And like, honestly, that is what I say all the time. Just That's not bad. I'm not hating, because I don't know how else you say, I don't want, yeah, I don't want to trash on whatever. It's great you're talking about the Bible. But really, our first step should be, Here's what I think the, 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 the text is trying to say. Here's what it's trying to communicate. Um, and that doesn't really have to do with you at all. It's what is the author trying to say? What was the author trying to tell the original people that that letter or that book was, was written to? What was it trying to get at? And then we get to, when we know that, we've written the script, and we get to enter into the story and say, where do we fit? Where do we fit? How do we apply it to our life? So this is application. And another word for application is obedience, that we hear what the word of God says, and we respond with obedience and apply it to our life. So we're talking about obedience, and this is, I just need a big preface before we go into this, because obedience is like breathing out. You know, oxygen is uh, your source of life, and we can get a lot more technical with everything, but you breathe in oxygen in order to have life, you breathe it in, and then you breathe out and you exhale what? Carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide. Cool. Um, we, as Christians, we breathe in grace. We breathe in God's love. We breathe in 
his gift to us. And we breathe those things in. And then we breathe out in response. We breathe out praise. That's why I love that song. It's your breath in our lungs. Right. So we pour out our praise. It's your breath. You received it. Um, we breathe it in, and then we pour out praise. Here's the thing. If you get it backwards, and if you try to, to breathe out before you breathe in, you're going to suffocate. Okay? You try to breathe out something. You try to, I'm going to go, and I'm going to obey God and all this stuff. And if you haven't realized that your obedience doesn't get you into right standing with God, that your obedience doesn't, it's like putting you know, milk in a car. You're not going to get to where you need to go because you were created for gasoline. You were created for God's grace. You, seriously, don't do it. This is, are you tracking with this? Okay, because someone's going to, someone's going to, I don't know, you might listen to the podcast or something, you'd be like, wow, why, is, why are they talking about application? This is a big preface, because you can't apply anything unless you've received something into your life, and that's God's grace. So that's what we're talking about today. It's obedience, because God loves you as you are. You're going to blow it. His grace is for you. It's new every morning. But following Jesus means every day we get to, we get to, we get to live into the person that he created us to be. That's obedience. Um, so you can write in, it's not on the slide, but breathe in grace and breathe out obedience or breathe out praise or breathe out worship, whatever you want to put in there. Okay, um, um, so we have some points on obedience today, and they're all sports themed because I was super hyped. Uh, I was watching all these NFL motivational videos last night. Like, yeah, it, I was going to show it, but it was too cheesy, and yeah. Yeah, it was too cheesy. Okay, um, the first thing, obedience is not a game-time decision. Obedience is not a game-time decision. The Rams and the Patriots today, they're not going to walk on the field and say, okay, well, what place should we play, you know? Oh, hey, we probably should work out now. Hey, I probably shouldn't eat in those chili cheese dogs. Like, no, <laughs> you can't make a decision in the moment. And a lot of us do this. We're like, okay, um, I'm in the car with the girl or the guy. I'm in the back seat, and right now I'm going to be obedient. Like, dude, you've already lost the game. You need to be obedient and make the decisions beforehand in order to be ready for that time. Um, so I was watching this interview with Bill Belichick. He's the coach of um, the Patriots. He's won nine. He's been to nine Super Bowls um, with the Patriots. Tom Brady has won five on that team. Um, Carly's family, you're like, yes, amen. Um, uh, Yankees, or no, they're like the Yankees, though. They're the evil empire kind of of football because, like, everyone. Anyway, so if you, if you want to, yeah, because they're too good. Like the Warriors. They are cheaters. All right. Um, I'm just a little hurt because we lost um, the Lakers. Okay. So, uh, yeah, obedience is not a game time decision. And he has Bill Belichick, the coach, has this sign, the only sign in his locker room. And it says this, the only sign we have in the locker room, the art of war. It's from, um, from the art of war. Every battle is won before it's fought. And I love this. I see a sermon there. Every battle in your life is won before it is fought. But you need to make a decision in advance how you're going to act. And even before you open your Bible, you need to decide, am I going to follow what Jesus wants me to do? Because if you wait till you read it and say, mm, that seems hard. Oh, I'll have to surrender control there. Mm, people are going to look at me funny. If you wait until your feelings take over, feelings are never going to drive you where you want to go. They're going to park you on the side of the freeway and then make you hitchhike or something. Like Your feelings aren't going to get you there. Um, so obedience is not based off of feelings. It's based off a decision that's made. Um, that passage we read from James, James is saying, you know, it, if you hear the word of God, it's like you're looking into a mirror. And Bill Belichick, the Patriots, they watch all of these, uh, they watch all these plays, and they spend, like, Tom Brady's the first person there, last person to leave, watching film. 
watches film on his opponents, watches film on how he's messed up and how he needs to get better, how he needs to not uh, get sacked and stuff. Um, he watches all of those things, um, and it's like he's looking into a mirror. And it would be ridiculous if he said, okay, here are all the things we should do. Here's our game plan. Here's what we did wrong. Here's what they're going to do. Here's what our, and then just walk away and forget it all. But how often do we do that here? How often have we said at camp, we're going to do this? Or after um, a small group, this needs to change. How often have we had that moment in our heart where we said, we're going to do it differently, and we walk away? Um, so we need to decide before that we're going to be obedient. That's the first one. Second one, obedience means leaving it all on the field. I'm not going to read this whole passage, but it's in Acts where there's uh, Ananias and Sapphira. Anyone have heard this story? If you do, you're already laughing because they have this field. They have this lot, and they sell the field. And they don't. The, the intention was like, hey, we're going to give all the money to the church. We're going to give all the money so we can distribute it because they would radically just redistribute wealth because they just wanted to care for everyone. Um, and they basically lie, and they only give part of the money from the field to the church. Anyone know what happens? Do you want to know what happens? Uh, okay, um, here, here's what happens. When it, okay, um, after it was sold, thank you, Jesus, uh, what, wasn't the money at your disposal? You made, um, what made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. Later, uh, Sapphira dies. Anyways, they only give part, they only give part. They don't give the whole. And I love how we're so motivated by football players that leave it out on the field, that they're going to go 100%. But with our faith, we're like, well, I don't want to look weird. Well, I don't want to do something that would cause me to, yeah, to, to look weird or people to judge me. Or I, I don't want to. If you took what we say about our faith and put it into like a sports analogy, it's ridiculous. You know? Yeah, you know, uh, we just we play on Sunday, nothing else the rest of the week. Don't really apply it in the rest of our life. And, um, yeah, you know, we just don't really want to stand out. You know, we don't want to stand out as, as football players. We want to just, like, be like regular citizens. You know, we don't want our muscles to be too big. We don't want to, like, that would be ridiculous. But we do that with our faith, and it's ridiculous. Um, we need to go all in, not just part of us. And this happens, I, I wrote down a few ways that this happens. Um, in Revelation, it says this is what's called a lukewarm Christian. We rarely share our faith. Okay, so I have it here, it's kind of my holy huddle, but I'm not really going to share it outside of this place. Um, we rationalize our sins, we rebrand sins. Um, so it's not gossip. I was just really trying to help that person via three other people, right? Um, we crave acceptance from people more than God. Uh, we only turn to God when we need something. We avoid being comfortable. And so if something makes us uncomfortable, if there's a social situation that makes us really uncomfortable, we're just going to avoid it if it means that we are going to lose um, we're going to lose that. We look the same. We look the same as the world around us. We use the same language, have the same morals, watch the same movies, cheat on tests just as often. Um, a lot of us, we are not leaving it all out on the field. We're giving him part of the field. We're giving him part of it, like Ananias and Sapphira. Um, but Jesus doesn't want this. He wants it all. Um, and obedience, if you want to be obedient, you have to be all the way obedient. You can't be partway obedient. So God told me that I'm supposed to love my enemies and pray for those who persecute me. And so I tried for 30 seconds with my sister, and then, yeah, at least I tried. You know, like, it's cool that you tried, but, like, we, we, we go, we, we, yeah, we just, we don't um, fully go for it. Um, so we're partially obedient. All right, third point, delayed obedience equals disobedience. Delayed obedience equals disobedience. 
How many of you feel like God told you to do something and you said, that's cool, maybe later? Anyone ever done that before? All cool, awesome. Um, that's not what Jesus is after. He's after full obedience now. I think a lot of us are like, when we get to college or when we grow up, or, or then we'll do something and then we're going to, no, that's ridiculous. It's not going to happen. You're just going to keep punting the ball down the field of your future where Jesus wants you to make the play now. He wants you to put it into action now. So if you feel like you're reading the Bible or you come to church or you're in small groups or if your counselor says something to you and you feel kind of like called out and like, because the Bible and your counselors, they're coaches in your life and they want you to have the fullness of life, all right? They, they don't want you to be derailed on the freeway and they, they want that for you. And so if you hear something and you feel like God has called me to be obedient, you don't wait. You put it into action. Um, except if you're like, need to forgive someone. Don't do it over text message. Do it in person. So some of it you have to wait. Punt it a little bit, but don't make it as an excuse. Okay. Um, so slow obedience is disobedience. Um, fourth and, and final thing, um, following God's playbook for your life gives him glory and gives you joy. So this isn't our main motivator, right? Our main motivator is grace, but also we know that when we follow the plans and we follow the plays of the coach of the universe, right, he gets glory. He, we make him famous, and it gives you joy. Joy, it, it's, not, it's different than happiness. I think joy also includes happiness, but joy is something that's so much deeper and richer. Um, there, there's this guy in Scripture, his name is David. Do we have Psalm 16 up on? Maybe we don't. Um, but th there's this guy named David, and he's better than all of us. Okay, I don't care what like football lacrosse story that you have. I don't care what soccer championship you won and how it was crazy. And in the last minute, you hit that goal and it hit the post, but it still went in. I don't. That's cool. You have cool stories. David beats all of your stories. David was just sitting in the wilderness. A bear came out and killed it with his hands, with his bare hands. Right? That happened. And then he went and he played the harp. I know what I'm doing. And um, David, David slayed a nine-foot giant, held the giant's head for all the enemies to see and said, look, and he killed him with stones. And then he went and he played his harp and then cast out demons from Saul. Like David beats every story that you have. He's, he has lived on the mountaintop of life, not just in a Christian way, right? He's had every desire he could ever have. And in Psalm 16, he says, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. He's experienced the glory of the Super Bowl. He's experienced the affection of people who would love him. He's experienced everything. He owns you, but he still says, you know what's better? You know what brings more joy? It's following God's word. Because following God's word, it's the highway of wholeness. It's where joy is found. That's why, you know what sin is? Sin is like those bumpers on the side of the road. And you start to feel it and you realize, wow, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. It's not meant to make you feel terrible. It's meant to show you this is where life is found. Um, this is where life is found. Okay, so today, are you guys tracking with sports analogies? Some, some pastors like only do sports analogies, so Jordan's like, no, I don't know what's happening. Um, um, so this is where life is found. This is obedience. And there's, there's going to be days in your life where obedience to God feels like breathing. It's natural. <sighs> this was so easy to, to obey him here. And there's so many people around me that are doing it too. But then there are days where you following Jesus will feel like an all-on assault on your hopes and dreams. That's going to happen. 
It's not going to be easy, um, but it's good if where life is found. Um, and so today we're, we're going to close with um, an opportunity for you to apply. We have a little bit over 15 minutes, and if you look at your paper, you have James 1, 19 through 27. So we give you a lot of questions for comprehension and trying to interpret the text. These are application questions. You guys, oh, they're up on the screen too. Cool. Um, so what you're going to do is you're going to read James 1, 19 through 27. Um, I picked this one because we did James last year all together, and so I feel like you kind of know the context of what's going on. Um, and I want you to read this and ask some of these questions. Joe, I don't want to ask them all. Okay, that's fine. Just ask some of them. I want you to figure out what is God calling you to do? How is he calling you to obey him? And this is dangerous because he will. Um, but you need to decide, am I going to do it? Um, so we'll do that. And then, um, man, how should we do this? Should we just break up in groups in here and then discuss? Okay. So what, what I want you to do is kind of get around your class in here. I want you to spend, uh, we'll spend like five minutes doing this. You can pull it up on your phone if you want. You can grab an ESV. Just so you know, those ESVs, a little bit more literal translation than some. Um, so you might be like, wow, that sounds, I don't really know. Yeah, uh, it's meant to be more study in the Bible. Um, so you can grab one of those, and then you'll spend, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. All right. <laughs> That's an extra chism. Okay. Um, so, all right. Uh, that's incredible. Wow. Uh, okay, so here's the deal. You don't have a lot of time. Normally, this wouldn't, you would have more time. Five minutes, you're reading the passage. What are you reading? James 1, 19 to 27. Ask a couple of those questions. Take some notes on here. Then 10 minutes, you're going to circle up in your group, and you're going to share what God is calling you to do this week. All right? Cool. Ready, set, game time. Go. Go.